0: Welcome to Sausage on a Fork, a podcast dedicated to the UK's longest-running children's drama programme, Drain Hill. My name's Neil, and in each episode, I'll interview a former cast member about their life before, during, and after their time on the programme. Okay, welcome to the next episode of Sausage on a Fork, and I am... Absolutely delighted to say that I've been joined for this episode by none other than Erkan Mustafa, who played Roland Browning. Erkan, welcome to Sausage on a Fork.
1: Thank you for inviting me. It's been a long time coming.
0: It has, it has, and I'm I'm so thrilled that you've you've agreed to come on. I'm really looking forward to this one. Okay, so what we'll do is we'll start the way we start every episode, and we'll go all the way back, and if you can just tell us how you got into acting.
1: You know what? It's really strange. I mean, it's... The story's out there anyway. I mean, it started off, I was in primary school. I was about the age of maybe 10. Mm-hmm. Um, the national press um, put an advert that the BBC was looking for a child to appear in Grange Hill. Right. Um, they said like a, a child, of an overweight-sized child, because they couldn't find one in drama schools and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, up until that point, the only dramas I probably caused was to my parents. Um <laughs> And the only play that I'd ever appeared in was probably the Nativity play. Right. Which is, you know, uh, I went up to the my first audition because um, my teacher said, look, do you want to go? Spoke to my parents. And just, it snowboard and I got an audition. I went to one audition and I remember reading, in, reading some part of the script with uh, a guy who was Patrick Henry. I can't remember his character I really bad and I should do because Patrick, <laughs> To go to school with my brother um, and they grew up in the area so I read, I read my first script with him then I had to do a bit with just me the, a, I believe a writer and a director
2: uh-huh.
1: and, and I came away. Then I, I after some time um, I got called for, for a second audition uh-huh. um, and that was at uh, the rehearsal rooms in Ealing and there was lots of, <laughs> lots of kids like probably like four or five actors the a similar size to me, right. or, you know, and yeah. like Lee McDonald and, and Alison and, and those guys were all there, Nadia. Yeah. And we all had to do like little bits and like improv and we had to pretend we was on a boat and walking through doors and reading scripts and yeah. that, that was that was sort of an all day affair. And then I got told congratulations that day that I had the part, which was God knows yeah. how, God knows how <laughs> and I like got know what who uh, don't know.
0: Brilliant. So, had, had you been a fan of Grey Jill before then?
1: Like most, most kids, you know, everyone's mentioned on the air, we only had three channels back in the yeah. day at a certain age group. Um, some people had three, depends if their parents' TV he was working. We may have only had two at one point, if right. I remember <laughs> right. With a classic bang, bang, bang. And, um, yeah, I was a fan of the show. I mean, obviously, I, I grew up with the likes of Todd, uh, Tucker and... Uh-huh. Benny Green and and Alan because I'm so used to calling them by their real name so (laughs) no no worries um, and you know obviously when we when we did the scenes with those guys it was like wow you know these are the guys that we first they first walked onto our screens you know you know Terry was the first person through through those gates yeah and you know I was very lucky enough to call him my mate do you know what I mean yeah yeah yeah, amazing experience um joining a show where you've actually watched people and I had no acting no acting background whatsoever. Right. So I suppose I was nervous. I was, I don't know, the first year, l- lucky enough, Roland didn't even look up for probably about <laughs> 12 so that, that was the result, you know. Um, even when he got locked down, he was looking down, do you know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I so, mean, you joined
0: in Series 5, which went out in 82. Uh, you were at, like the new cohort with... Zamo and Jonah and uh, you know Annette. Well, we uh,
1: had, had another. You had another year group coming. Who who very they were very similar to the years before, and that's what the magic of Grange because they just reinvent and tweak the characters so yeah. so well. That's what I think they did with our our lot, our sort of year basically. So we, yeah. we that we proceeded to follow on from you know other characters. And, and the public had already sort of had three or four years and Granger was on, on the run by this time. They, you know, they had two years of walking and now they, they started to crawl a little bit and then they started running. So we were yeah. quite lucky really to step in at that point because, you know, five years of a show, on, well, five series of a show coming on. And, you know, yes, there was characters, but people knew what it was about by this time. So that was a great thing.
0: Yeah, mean, you've just mentioned it a little bit earlier about look, looking down <laughs> but for the most of the first series. I mean, I watched the I watched your first episode the other day, and Roland was on a high to nothing right from the start, wasn't he? Because, you know, it's very first seeing. Sutcliffe has a go at him straight away, you know what I mean? And, and right right from the off, you know, teachers were having a go. Obviously, griffin was, griffin was having a go. <laughs>
1: If I remember rightly, wasn't it Bullet that had a go at me?
0: No, so, so Sutcliffe walks in. Roland walks in the gates and Sutcliffe That's comes right, in yeah. behind him. Baxter has a go after Grip has just thrown him to the floor. Baxter doesn't <sighs> even bother to find out what's, what's going on. He just has a go at him for his appearance and stuff. And it's just right from the off, you know, even the likes of Tucker and Alan uh, have a go at Roland in that first episode and and the net. And it's no surprise. <laughs> he, he was the way he was. Because he walks out of school, doesn't he? You know, in, in our episodes. that episode. First day. Thing.
1: God rest her soul, the lovely Joe Kendall, yeah. uh, who I never knew much about until I was much great. older and realised what an amazing lady she was. Yeah. And, you know, I had to go and see my on-screen mum and she sends me back to school with some <laughs> food and money. And that sort of set precedence to where he was, basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, that must have been great as well. Having the fact that Roland had a family in the show as well. You know, working with with, with Joe Candal uh, and Mike Savage, that must have been.
1: Like, yeah, I mean, when I, when I, you know, obviously you don't know about these things. You don't know what's going to happen to a character. You don't know what who's going to play mum and dad.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um And they were just lovely, just lovely, lovely people, and they just looked after me and they treated me wonderful. I mean, just yeah, it was amazing to have as on-screen parents. Brilliant. Brilliant. and
0: So obviously we've we mentioned the fact that you joined in, in a new cohort. Who would you say you were closest to on the show or, or best friends with?
1: It's really weird. And I know this question was coming up and it's going to surprise you and surprise your listeners, to be honest. <laughs> That's OK. No, it really is. And it, last year I was speaking to Alison Bettles and Lisa York.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And they they always said, uh, they said, oh, he was always a strange one. And I was like, why? They went, could you spent most of your time with directors and, and the crew?
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I said, I said, I've got to tell you the reason why. And I'd like to say it was something profound, like, you know, they were all whatever, but they wasn't. What it was, was the fact that they all belonged to their stage schools and their drama schools. Right. And I didn't. Right. I was independent. Yeah. And I didn't know like who which one you know you don't know which one to belong to because right. you do sort of belong to a group at that age and i was very lucky that i did know patrick henry who did supported me supported me at one point and a couple of the extras um so i didn't really have built up many friendships in the first couple of years right i get you yeah and and i told the girls this last year and they was just both really shocked because lisa lived only like two and a half miles away from me and we used to catch the train together sometimes in the morning or and her dad used to pick us up and vice versa uh-huh. and it was just like they just we didn't know and we was they said we're sorry and I was like there's nothing to be sorry about it was so long ago we were kids we didn't know yeah. no different you know so no I didn't have any really major you know who I really sort of latched on to a very early on in the series so yeah so and like Ricky, Ricky always said and Ricky said, like, I was one of the first person, people that Ricky spoke to. And the reason why I was one of these people, you'd hear a lot of people say, oh, Erk was one of the first people to speak to us. Because uh-huh. there's nothing worse than being a new kid on the block. Yeah. And if someone can reach out and, and just say, look, you know, hi, that's it. I always think that's, you're making somebody feel comfortable. And the moment you feel, make somebody feel comfortable, then you could have a friend for life. Right? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so that's, that's the reason why, you know, I mean the same when Brad Bradley Shepherd and John Orford and those guys came in. I'll never forget Brad. Brad was a very sort of reserved young man. Um huh. and I, I spoke to Brad uh, not so long ago. I think it was like November November last year.
2: Right.
1: And he did say after all the years, he said like thank you for for you know for Stu for care back then, Do care about me now. And I was like, Brad, yeah. you know, unfortunately we belong to a club. <laughs> yeah you know, an old boys club, an old school tie club sort of thing. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, so I never really had m- many uh, uh, friends in the first couple of years. Um, a couple of the supporting artists um, who I just hung around with. Um, but yeah, then friendships gained, which was, which was amazing.
0: Cool, cool. Okay, so yeah, so that that, that, that first series of yours, it, it was a lot of, you know, Roland did have to deal with a lot of not just bullying, but, you know, he was picked on by a lot of people, wasn't he? And it's no surprise that... Everybody. he, he was no, no surprise he was the way he was. Now, when you look back at that, that first series, is also, and it, I thought, very early on for a for a, a, child's, a children's programme to be dealing with this subject was the suspicion of self-harming. You know, uh, Roland was hurt yeah. himself to try and get out of school.
1: Exactly. um which they could have pushed much more, but obviously at the time, you know, you look back at these things, and they was it was just introducing it. He was he was punishing himself yeah. for not being fitted in, um, and he was a it was you know he was a single child at home. He was overweight. He had you know he didn't have a lot going for him. Do you know? Yeah. Um, apart from that, he could get a free apple from time to time from his mum. <laughs> but yeah, yeah he didn't have a lot. He didn't he. Didn't fit in, and wherever we are in this world there're always going to be somebody that doesn't fit in and you know sometimes you just got to reach out for those individuals yeah
0: definitely no I've mentioned a couple of times you uh gripper already what was it like working with mark savage
1: you no know, mark mark was a lovely guy um you know what I can only say he, he was very professional um uh-huh. we there was an age gap, so we didn't really hang out hung out together. Um so I could never say nothing like that. But one thing I will say is that you know he was always a true professional. And many, 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 many years later, I'm walking up the high street um at the time and this guy comes up to the back of me and says, Oi, give me your money. And I turn around and it's just Mark Savage. I went, "Who's buying the beers? Me or you?" (laughs) We just spent the afternoon in the pub having a couple of beers together, so that's fine, mate.
0: Yeah. No, can I just ask then? Because there was a lot of uh, physical scenes with Mark. Yeah. Did did you ever
1: get hit? I didn't. No, but I remember poking poking Mark in the eye. Um, (laughs) There's the classic uh, toilet fight that that took place. which you know, most people have said to me, I can't understand you you know, that big fat kid couldn't take on this young <laughs> he was a waif of a guy, but yeah. you know what? He he was more mind mentally uh, you know, he was great at that. Sinister, very sinister guided yeah. guy. Uh, so yeah, during that we had a we had a they brought in a fight specialist, you know, a stunt coordinator <laughs> for that one. Um, yeah. and I remember poking him in the eye during it, he was like, Oh you So that's <laughs> But but no, you know, to be honest, no, I mean, even like there's the time that Roland punches himself in the eye. Yeah. uh, That took about about 20 takes to get right (laughs) because I was doing it too fast and too slow. It wasn't. So, yeah, I was, you know, never had no injuries. Thank
0: God. Good, good, good. good. Because we we will talk a bit about some of the stuff that you did, but have you got any personal favourite episodes or storylines that you were involved with?
1: You know what? Well, everyone talks about Chesit and Zoo because yeah. <laughs> it was every, at first. And I will tell you a tip that none of them's ever told you. Um, the actual first episode, that episode we filmed was 45 minutes long. Right, wow. And they had to edit it back down. It was th- There was so much written. There was uh-huh. loads of stuff on the bus going to and, Um, They had to cut that, which they had to make it shorter, the episode shorter. It, that is, you know, that was one of my because it was the first thing we ever did. We all loved it. Um, Anything that took us out of studio, anything that's the Outward Bound trip in Wows, um, the Orienteering in Ilkley, the Bars trip in Rugby, you know, they're all all good times. Um, And and everything I did on the the whole Roland and his great and chill girlfriend, uh, the lovely (laughs) Jessica Jessica Fabienne, who... I met up with, you know, I met up with her and her two children probably about 12, 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, and all that, the whole French exchange student stuff um, was, 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 was grand to play. Uh, but yeah, anything filming, anything filming it out of London, out of studios was always fun. Always yeah. good times. brilliant. So you, you've mentioned Chessington there.
0: And that's the, probably the first time we see an interaction between Roland the and most, Janet.
1: <laughs> the, listen, no offence. I would take the most famous line from Green Ship. Well, many famous lines. For, for me, flipping it, Tucker, would always be one. And Roland. Yeah. I, I only want to be your friend, Roland. Now, everyone else called you Roland,
0: but Janet Sinclair
1: called them Roland. Was there any reasoning behind that? You know what, to this day, I still don't know in right. my head. I think in my head I believe it was a typo and it was just row hyphenated land.
0: Right, okay.
1: But that's in my head. Um and I've never asked Simone how it came about, but I believe I will find out very shortly when I do see her next. <laughs> right, okay. Okay. It is an iconic thing, isn't
0: it? You know, I'm trying to help you, Roland. It's it's
1: Listen, without her character, my character wouldn't exist,
0: to be honest. Yeah.
1: I, I really honestly believe that, yes, he was there, but because there was the Roland and I yeah. only want to be your friend, their interaction, I think yeah. that's what made my character even better, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Because, I, mean- you know, I don't think it was ever rude to her. He was just very dismissive. He'd just say, oh, go away.
0: Yeah, leave me alone. You know,
1: yeah. yeah, leave me alone. <laughs> leave me alone. Obviously, Roland got in the review. And oh, again- I hate that. I hate I, it. I hate, hate that one, I'm in the school review bit. I just hate it. I've looked at the other day on YouTube. And I was like, <laughs> just so pathetic, so corny. But but, he, but even then,
0: you know, Janet was just trying to talk to him again and he was trying to get away and he, he wrecked the scenery. Trying to, <laughs> just trying to get away from it. Um, and again, he gets sheltered out by a teacher for something that really wasn't his fault. And then there was the bit at the end, again, quite serious in the end.
1: Yeah, I believe that was episode 15 where he, yeah. he gets run over. Um, now, I, had that in, I, I had that in my
0: head from when I was a kid that he'd done that on purpose. But when you watch it, he's just really down and he just walks into the road without looking, doesn't he?
1: And, yeah, I don't think he ever did it on purpose. And people did say, oh, he did it, and they didn't. I think the fact that he was in such a... We've all been there, mate. We've all tried to cross the road when we're in deep yeah. four. suddenly we get that beep, beep, beep. Yeah. You know, we're lucky. Um, and, and I think I think that's what happened, really. Yeah,
0: and then there was that the thing that he was in the coma, but thankfully, you know, he, he pulled through.
1: But yeah, I he... was. You'd have nothing <laughs> to talk about.
0: But then Series 6 starts, and even it's his first day back, and grip it doesn't even wait for him to get to school, does he? Um he starts again and again. And then we see another clever thing, I think, where when he's get as he's getting picked on by Gripper, he then starts picking on someone else. Roland.
1: It's always it's always the same. Bullies, yeah. bullies is he's only deflecting and reflecting. And and that's what, you know, uh, that's what that's what people do who get bullied. They become they start being But thankfully, it wasn't for long. No, no. Um, And and it was only it was only um, bitching about someone's skin condition. Yeah,
0: but that but that. There's also another famous scene when Gripper's trying to take money off Roland, and Paul goes there, and in the end, the whole school round on Gripper. All
1: all fifty-six children uh, they (laughs) casted up for that scene, Um, which these days they'd probably have to CGI the whole school there. You know what that that that. I think it's a very poignant. I think that's a point where we we actually do say at the beginning of the fight back. Yeah, and you know, at the end of the day, Gripper's character wasn't hated by those he bullied. He was hated by everybody. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and, that, and that's the first time we actually see that within the masses we can deal with something. Yeah, um, and we could. There was quite. There was quite a lot of protest. Protesting going on at one point in, in the Grange. But um, <laughs> I think I think that's the first time we actually see it. Um I think that's very clever of the writers. They do they plant it before the whole of the racism yeah. episode. Um I think that's the first time it gets planted in our heads that the whole school actually hates him. Yeah,
0: and then again, series series six. Sorry, you've mentioned a, a, a already about you know a couple of the, the trips and whatever. But there was a few there, wasn't there? Because you went to St Albans.
1: St uh, Albans. I don't really have much recognition of of uh filming <laughs> that apart from this dodgy tape recording <laughs> yeah. and tapes at the wrong time. When it was all edited, it just looked like everything went wrong. <laughs> I don't really have much about that that episode um in my head regarding St Albans, to be honest.
0: But there was also the outward bound course.
1: Yeah. Um, which was amazing. I uh-huh. went up on the Sunday. um, So the whole cast normally traveled together. I went up on the Sunday with the producer and my chaperone because they wanted me to film the stuff with the farmers and the lovely Welsh speaking um, cook there. So so I had to be, you know, then I went up a couple of days in advance and by the time everyone else got up there, I already knew what was going on with the whole of the outbound centre. We had some great, we had some great times. Mm. We had some great times. Um, they treated us, you know, it's out with band center. We had to do what everybody else had to do, and we we even had to do the washing up for oh, the rest right. of the. Do you know yeah. it wasn't like oh they're the kids from Greenfield? No, all three kid had to wash up. And they made us wash up other people's stuff.
0: Right, it's okay. Brilliant, um, brilliant. So
1: that was that was great. It was great times. It was it was real 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 fun.
0: Yeah, and that's where Roland again thinks I'm not having this, and he again walks off. As yeah, you say, he gets found by the farmer. And this is the way we face, see, I think, Roland's aptitude for languages.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, you know, obviously that's, I remember it so well, because they've just, you know, made me rehearse it so many times. Um, yeah. So, yeah, he picks up a bit of Welsh, and then later on he speaks a bit of French. And, yeah. <laughs> But I think that's quite
0: clever because, you know, in his later years, he he did become, you know, adept at speaking French.
1: It, it, you know, which is quite weird. When I look back at certain episodes and I think to myself, Roland would never have done that. He shouldn't have done it. He, he should <laughs> have done it. You know what I mean? I get that. I get the uh, the language stuff. But there's one scene where he's playing basketball. <laughs> right. Yeah. And we had, I'm sure we had the great Ron Pickering. Um, oh, for some reason, I've got Ron Pickering in my head, but someone <laughs> came, someone from the basketball. And none of the stage called actors could actually play basketball, right? <laughs> and I was the only one. Who sort of, I played it for school, so like, yeah. I just took over. So I felt that quite weird that the character suddenly is learning languages, and suddenly there's a sport that he can play. <laughs> in. It's a bit weird. Yeah,
0: that, uh, there's also that the famous scene at the Outward Bound course where Bullet gets the bucket of water over his head, and everyone's laughing, and Roland falls off, falls off the bed. Pathetic,
1: absolute pathetic. <laughs> well, I back that. We filmed that. At, we actually did film that in the outward bound set up, and then it, for some reason, something went wrong with the film, so right. we had to re- re-record it at um, the famous Ealing Studios. Oh, um, yes. We went to, we filmed it in the Ealing Studios, but it just. I just look back and I think, God, that's such wooden. I'm not even touching my ankle. Do you <laughs> know what I mean? And I've got the, and I've got the worst pajamas out of all of them. Do you know what? Like, What's going on? But that that's rolling though, isn't it? Yeah. Roland
0: would have had the worst pajamas out of everyone yeah. to be to be honest. Most definite. Most definite. <laughs> and then, but then there's that thing then where Roland sees that as an opportunity to oh I can get up the activities here with my ankle. Because there's yeah. that there's that line. It, it breaks break a finger now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> there's a line later on in that episode where I think it's Jonas says to him, Which which which, which ankle's your bad one now? <laughs> like, or something
1: yeah, right, like that. Right
0: left, yeah. <laughs> as you said there I mean, the episodes where there is a trip, it's always a good one, isn't it? Because you see them outside of the, the school environments.
1: Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I love the I love the storylines within the school because you know, it just goes to show what what's classrooms yeah. and what kids, the children are around. But there was a release, and I think if you can release a character from its shackles and shackles, I should say not shekels, <laughs> but, uh, shackles, shackles. Um, I think that's the best thing that we do see them away. Even though I don't believe Roland would have gone on those trips, <laughs> you know, like his character wouldn't have gone on those trips because, but then his parents would have made him go. Yeah, do I you know
0: what I mean? Cer- certainly, Mister Brown would have made him go on it. Oh yeah, uh, I would imagine. Like, okay, so then that was the end of series six. So then we move on to series seven. A grip has left by this point. Roland starts at a, a money lending, quite by accident as well, a money lending thing because, and and, and it all be, it all comes out. I think. The fact that
1: his dad keeps giving him money because his, his
0: mum's not there yet. But then But then, he, but then he, <laughs> he becomes a bit of a stooge, then doesn't he? For for Jimmy and Nigel as well. What was it? What was? It? What, was, it? What, was it? what were they called? Let me work this one out. McCl- uh, McLaren Enterprises.
1: <laughs> you know what? I just I don't know how that happened, why it happened, um, and you know, obviously, the the two Gary's uh, were amazing, but they you could tell they were so much older than they should have been.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And really lovely guys, but I just never understood why Roland was hanging out with these two guys. Um, well, they were... Well, they just manipulating him yet again. Well, that's us um,
0: yeah. It, it's that classic thing of a bully manipulating someone to make yeah. them think they're their friends.
1: And then you got uh, the whole walk again and where he meets up with Gripper again and yeah. just real... Gripper's nothing... Yeah. I think that's the time we actually do realise that. Definitely,
0: I mean, you've mentioned the walk there. That was all, I think, with the, the betting, and it was where you see that horrible side to to Jimmy. Uh, I think where he says to Roland, "You know, you've got to provide the money." Basically, like, but there's
1: also one of the funniest lines where they say, "Who, who, who?" <laughs> I always find that's one of my favourites
0: because that, that gets mentioned that that gets said a couple of times in that episode, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. And I think it's it's almost like the writers are saying we'll bring this character in who nobody knows. He's never been in it before, and he probably won't be in it ever again. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean
1: that, there was a character and the character, the uh, partially uh, uh, hearing character yeah. Eric. Yeah. And we, where did they come from? <laughs> like, they drag him in. Did he, we've never seen him in the classroom. But yeah, yeah that's quite that was quite weird.
0: Aye, uh, and then we move on a little bit more and. It's with that thing where, again, manipulated and he ends up stealing a net spike, yeah. which I, you know, Roland probably wouldn't have done. But it's the way Jimmy and Nigel worked them didn't but, need to do it
1: like. I, I, I think at that point, Roland just wanted to be accepted by somebody, Definitely, and that's yeah. people do things for acceptance, and you know, that's life, and it, it shouldn't. But yeah, it all came, it all came out in the wash, and then we all finished that that series with the. Worst disco uh, school disco <laughs> ever. Uh, where they've said to the kids, wear your own clothes, just bring wear what you want. Um, and I said no. I would to get rolling the jumper. <laughs> so what they did, I go up on stage with Pogo, and we we'll just get a camera shot of you, and it's gonna get. You know what? I bloody hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> I hate. Because when I was speaking
0: to uh, Gary Hales, he really likes that ending. Probably because he's dancing with Nadia Chambers. To be fair, like yeah, um, I just
1: hate. Hated that episode. (laughs) Okay.
0: But just before then, there was the Orienteering weekend where again, we see another thing of Roland coming to the forefront and becoming a little bit more accepted, shall
1: we say, by people. I think that's one of the, an episode that's written in such a way that yes, he becomes this hero in a way because he's supposedly saved Mr. Baxter. But there's that, that, that two just two-person two scene where Roland turns around and says, but what about my mum leaving home? That's not yeah. your fault. And that's when it's hit the viewers that everything else that's probably happened, but this is not your fault. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think that's Roland, Roland's finally admitting that everything that's ever happened to him is because of his family. Yeah. I think that that's that was a, a really beautiful scene. Yeah. But at the time, didn't look at didn't look at the scene like that. Obviously, we don't we're kids. We don't give a shit. Basically, we just yeah. see the just run with it. But yeah. I've looked back. I've re, I've looked at it and I thought, you know, that's that's quite um quite strong. And well, what quite... what what I
0: think is quite telling in that scene is Baxter doesn't know how to handle that conversation either. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Because okay, he's always sorry, been the, the blustery and, and the stereotypical PE teacher. He's not really used to being in that situation, like, and, yeah. and I think I think that was really good as well. Was it everything I do is a disaster? He says, yeah. doesn't he, Roland? And ba- Baxter's a face, like, yeah. don't be daft. Look at the way you've handled yourself today. Yeah, yeah. But then he says, well, what about me, Mum? And you just think, yeah. oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so then your next series, was series eight, and series eight was all about the major with. Brookdale, Rodney Bennett, certainly for starters, there was a load of new characters brought in. And in that series, we also had, as you've mentioned it already, the French Exchange. You know
1: what? We, they just increased so many episodes and just so much went on in that. Didn't everyone's coming and going. Yeah, I mean, but we get to see
0: another side of Roland with the French Exchange because obviously he, he meets Fabien, and he is unbelievably smitten, isn't he? To, to the point where the fact that he, he speaks French all the time, and he and
1: he even wears a beret, which which I think is great as well. I, I just found you know when we got told, and I remember them they were casting somebody, the actors, because the original actor who played um, Alison. Bettle sort of love interest. I can't remember the character's name. It was
0: John Paul, was it? Um, John
1: Paul. Yeah. Um, so they started filming it, the original one. Then the, 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 he fell out. The original John Paul couldn't do it. Then they had to bring yeah. they had to bring another guy in called Dorian Ford, who was Karen Ford's Miss Booth's nephew. Uh-huh. He, he's a great jazz pianist now, and whatever he does. And it was just really weird because they all they all came to this. They all belonged to this London French school. Uh-huh. Uh, um. And then they, they cast, um, the, as I said, the lovely Jessica uh, Harrison to play uh, Fabienne. And it was quite, you know, again, there's that, to be honest, there's that sort of love triangle happening that people don't realise. You know, he's, he's, he's loved <laughs> with, 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 with uh, Fabienne, but yet you got Janet chasing him everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean,
0: I, just, just on Janet there, I never really got, I just think she just wanted to look out for him, didn't she? I, yeah. I, there more was than no anything. Love.
1: There was no love interest. I just think she was one of one of this earth's nice people. Yeah, definitely. Nilly, she. Okay. I mean,
0: she didn't always have the right way of saying it, but she, yeah. but she wanted to look out for him, didn't she? She wanted to make sure he was all
1: right. She, she meant well.
0: Yeah. Now the the, the thing with the French exchange, the French exchange seems to go on forever as well. By the way, yeah. uh, like months. But then when it ended, obviously Roland was so in love. That he, he does a funk, yeah. Now it's different to the other times when, he, when you see characters do a bunking cranger. Like it's not like Tommy Watson getting smuggled on the coach and stuff. Nah. He, I think, he was quite openly just wandered onto the ferry. I mean, we don't see that bit, but then he gets found <laughs> found
1: in yeah. the toilet seasick on really. the ferry. Filmed on the um East Enders lot. Oh, was it? <laughs> so, be, yeah, I'm sure if I remember right, it was just around the corner of where they filmed. Felt- field the original series of EastEnders, right. so they just built this. It just looked like a, a ship's door, basically a toilet yeah. door. And That's <laughs> what we said. So we, we, we didn't. We didn't go on no ferry. No, I was going to ask you if, if that
0: had happened. Like so, yeah. So then, I, I, I watched it the other day, and I couldn't quite work out how he ended up getting caught and sent back because it was only it was only a couple of the French lads, and and Fabien knew he was there. But obviously, people suddenly realised he wasn't in school, and then the next episode, we just know that his dad went to get him, and Bronson went to get him at the same time. Like, and and that, that was it. Because I, you know, in series eight, I, I, other than the, the merger, Roland was quite peripheral, wasn't he? He was in scenes, but not real. Yeah, there was
1: there wasn't much
0: going on. For yeah, I think once he had the love interest with Fabienne, that was it. Because then the next big thing he does was when he overhears Banksy and Luke talking about smashing
1: up the the sets. I don't the... remember that. I don't remember. I just, I honestly don't remember those scenes because I just, I know that Brighton Rock episode is another, yeah. they brought loads of people in. We didn't, you know, like even young Samantha Lewis uh, yeah. came in and, and, um, Michelle Gayle's you know. in that as well. Yeah, Michelle Gale. I mean, Michelle Gayle, you know, you got to think that Michelle started off as a supporting artist in our first year. Yeah. And then she comes in as a dancer again. And then obviously she comes in fresh and fly and used to yeah. come, um, which I found really, really, you know, but you know what? She's an amazing actress and, you know, and that I can see why they've reused that. And um, yeah, I don't, I don't really remember much about, apart from the French, the only yeah. thing that I remember because you know, I may have switched on the light at the end <laughs> of the night. But, you know, at the end of the day, I was never involved in none of it. And good, because Roland wouldn't have been involved. Do you no. know what I mean?
0: No. No, no,
1: I know exactly what you mean. suddenly he comes out as, you know, a top singer and dancer. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so then, just after that, then, there was the Christmas
1: special with the second Christmas special that he did. That bloody donkey. <laughs> to me, Harriet should never have been in Grange Right. I'm going to say it. <laughs> it me, never worked. I didn't understand no. the whole donkey, donkey thing. That's the, God. that's the thing as well. The do- the donkey
0: came in in that Christmas special but then we didn't see it again until 87 a series or or so later
1: yeah I just thought it just got a bit um yeah
0: but but what I did like in that Christmas special was again was uh, you know a nod back to Fabienne because Roland's trying to get win money to get to France for Christmas because his dad's away and in the end he doesn't win any money but Janet comes to the rescue (laughs) and says he can have a he can have Christmas with them so then that took us nicely then to series nine, which is arguably the most famous series or certainly the most well-known for the storyline in 86 of just say no. Yeah. Uh, And Roland is quite heavily involved in that storyline, wasn't he?
1: Yeah. I mean, if we look back from the beginning of when they started introducing Zemo's character, yeah. Um, in that series and the change in him, um, I think, I think, I think, Roland must have thought there's something going on there because there's total different character. And then when yeah. they did say, so that episode uh, where Roland does finally find uh, Samo, yeah. I think probably one of the hardest episodes I've ever had to film, right. And the reason why they did that is because yes, they wrote the script and yes, we rehearsed, but it, there's something wasn't clicking. Right, and they said we want you to improvise it, just improvise what you need to improvise. Right, and I think that was just to bring us back to where the script, where the script was, uh-huh. um, and it was you know that whole, the whole scene, the whole build-up in that whole episode is it very poignant and just the ending was always going to be dramatic. Um, and I think that was, I think that's probably for me, one of the hardest episodes ever, ever to film. Um, and yes, you've got that little bit of humor from the other characters that float in and out of that episode, uh-huh. just building up and building up and building up. Um, and yet again, we see Roland in another Liverpool jacket. <laughs> he walks around the school with a Liverpool bag and a Liverpool jacket. And no, they're not my team. That's what was just given to me, I'm yeah.
0: afraid. But again, do you think that's it was Roland's attempts to try and fit in, wasn't it? Like, I think maybe... Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, Who personally, knows? personally... You, you couldn't have paid me to wear a Liverpool jacket or walk around with a Liverpool bag, I'll be honest. <laughs> Sorry about that. the <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, even after even after that episode, when Roland tries talking to Zamo about it, doesn't he? And Zamo is obviously massively in denial about yeah. how, how, how deep he is.
1: And if you listen to my voice in that episode... I'd only just come out of hospital. I had I had a, my tonsils removed, right? Wow. And I, 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 one of the things was you wasn't meant to, um, it wasn't meant to be going to mix with other children and stuff like that. And obviously they knew I was I was, I was acting and and whatever. And I said, well, I can't. You know, I'm filming next week. I've got you know. yeah, yeah. Um, you can hear this for me. I can hear this change of voice. And again, it's that. There's a couple of things um, where we see that relationship. Between Zama and Roland, and is trying to, but there's no, there's no acknowledgement really of what was going on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and I, that's quite, that's another thing. Um, that's quite poignant. Yeah, and I felt that's, you know, and I, I, I just a bit, the bit, I, did, I know that you know, you had the whole Kevin Baylor relationship and the Jackie relationship during the whole of that series, but it was, I think it's the fact that. Who would be the most unlikeliest support network? Yeah, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. and I, yeah, that's how I, how I looking back. That's how I felt it was written uh-huh. because of that reason. I could be analysing this way way too much. Maybe they thought, you know what, we haven't got given him many lines this year, let's give him some lines. But,
0: but also as well, uh, you, you, Roland and Zamo had been there from the start. Hadn't exactly. I mean, I mean, I know Kevin was written as though he'd always been there, but he hadn't. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and I I think that maybe, maybe it might have been that as well. And the other, the other thing, the way you become really uh, involved in that was when Zamo went round to Roland's house and nicked his alarm clock.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Again, so you know, obviously, there's that that whole scene where I'm running into my oral exam and. I meant, I meant to be hot and sweaty and the, the makeup artist been spraying on and painting on. And the director, it just doesn't look right. I go do some laps in the studio. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> was, uh, right, yeah. That on, on, on
0: that, right, just, 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 just saying up there about there about, about running. I was watching the, the episodes of the going back to the Orienteering trip and you do quite a bit of running in that. And one of the comments is actually, I tell you what, for his size. He can't half-shift when he, when he
1: runs, like... I know. Um, that <laughs> takes on, us sorry. back to the first ever series of him running along with Tucker. And... <laughs> Getting but, yeah. outside school,
0: yeah, with Baxter, yeah. So, yeah, so then there was that with the alarm clock and then, obviously, it all comes out and he, he was he was caught for Nick and other things then, zamo which then led to Just Say No um, yep. with the record. Now, you sing on the record, you feature quite... Oh yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, obvi- right, I'll tell you what he's just. But, but, uh, no, he's just, nice done, time uh, time he's just put his hand to his ear as though he's got his headphones on, exactly like he does in the in the video there.
1: Right? Yeah. So it's really weird. So obviously Lee tells this famous story about where he gets called in for the audition to, and he says, like, I can't, I can't sing." And you know what? He can't sing, and he can't dance. <laughs> um, he, and that's the truth. Um, and I've known him all these years, and he still can't sing, and he can still can't <laughs> right, dance. Okay. Um, so I can't sing. Well, you know, I can't sing toffee. I mean, I my my voice. I was doing soprano back then. Right. Um, my voice was very high. <laughs> and you know, we we go in, we sing this, and they said, right, well, you, you know, you're going to do a line. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I just remember the, the video where I'm actually thinking I'm a pop star, and I've got <laughs> headphones on. I'm doing that that hand on the the ear bit that you've just mentioned. Of and <laughs> yeah, and I look back at the video and I think to myself. Why have I got such a shit jumper on? It's really <laughs> crazy. Uh, And it's you know, it, it the video and the whole thing was just amazing. Do you know, it it's yeah. it gave us up opp- all the opportunities for those for the cast members that got, got chosen to go. Yes, you've talked about it in in previous podcast about the animosity between certain cast members because they didn't get in and they only got in because of this and got in that. You know what, I think the only reason they've chose the cat, and I'm going to say this today, so if I piss the rest of the cast members off, tough, I don't care I've got broad shoulders (laughs) the reason why we we were chosen was nothing to do with the script it was to do with the diversity of the people that went. Right, yeah and if you look it's it's a very diverse group of people and i don't and i don't think it's got nothing to do with the storyline i think it was just well maybe because you had the the main four people involved in the storyline but i think if you look back we are a very diverse looking Uh group of kids oh yeah yeah and, and i don't think that was looked at at the time right um and that that's what did happen um uh, back then. So yeah, we were very all lucky to go to the States and we was all very lucky to do everything we had to do with the whole of the storyline. I just think, you know, we were all extremely lucky. and yeah. um, We got to make an album <laughs> about that better. And, um, you know, um, so yeah, I think we was all very, very,
0: yeah. very lucky. To do. So, just on the White House trip, what was it like? What was it like going there?
1: It's a, it's a big building then it's totally quiet if you <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what as a 16-year-old kid, and I'll probably know the next question coming up. <laughs> and it's the look at it this way, it's the most protected building in the yeah. world. Okay, I'm gonna talk this a bit slowly. Okay, yeah. There yeah. are there are sniffer dogs yeah. around the coach. Yeah, you have a chaperones with you, yeah. producers with you, you have CIA agents, you have police, you have Military people, if you yeah. need to go anywhere, you're not allowed to go anywhere without them saying you're allowed to go in. It's <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's the most protected building in the world, and anything that happens there will come out. Yeah. As we know, a president could even get a blowjob. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so why did you say it? Why was it said? Okay. <laughs> uh, there was a. Two or three members of the class, and they know who they are. Right.
0: Okay.
1: Um, you may or may not have interviewed some of them. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> and it was just an irony. I said, well, you know, wouldn't it be funny if it came out in the press that somebody had been doing that in the White House?
2: Yeah.
1: And <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a very jovial kind of guy. I'm very jokey and a bit of a, a bit, bit bit bullish, and I don't really care really. Like, yeah. So well. no, I life's too serious. Mm-hmm. And it just, and then when I said it, it come and bit me on the arse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's probably, oh, Grange kids smoke drugs. Come on, think about it. It's logically, yeah. you are in the most protected building in the world. How? I mean, the irony of kids saying, just saying no, but the irony of uh, someone going into the most protected building and smoking marijuana yeah. is happening. Yeah. No, no, I, I, you, have, you have to be a complete ass to believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I you
0: mean know. that's the thing. A, a lot of people still do, don't they? I know I did for a good while. A good while, I, I, I believed it. Like. As I said,
1: you've got to be a complete ass.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, then, then. that's cleared up. Then, so no one else needs to talk about that ever again. We know that's going to happen straight um, from the author's mouth. There, that's it. It didn't happen.
1: No. Okay. I, yeah. And yeah. to be honest, I, I, I wasn't a smoker, I didn't, know, I didn't know nothing about drugs at the time, mm-hmm. later on in life, it's total different things, <laughs> but however, you know, we've all gone through that rebirth of childhood and rebirth birth of life of of finding and, and doing what you've got to do in this world, but at the time, no, didn't know nothing about it, yeah. absolute zero, so it's just irony at the end of the time, it's, it's, that's what it is, it's just yeah. irony. Yeah. Cool. Okay, then.
0: So then that moves us then to series 10, which was your last series on Great Deal. You were in six form at this point, And I don't know, there was quite a few comical moments with, with, with Roland there because Roland started wearing contact lenses. And no, who's, you whose know decision what? was don't,
1: that? Oh, <laughs> I've never worn contacts right. in my life. And I, okay. I, and I still do not wear contacts to this day because of my eye condition. Right. Um you know what, the whole of that series, and I've looked back at that series, and don't get me wrong, it was amazing to have another year of grain chill, and, but the storylines were absolutely, we were just hanging in there, to yeah. be honest. Roland goes on this imaginary, well, what you mean really imaginary? Roland, I remember, never forget, I get, I get called into the, Ron Smedley's office, the, the late producer and the late great Anthony Mengele, and they call me in to listen there, come, we've got this idea of, of, of for Roland for this series, of you know, we, we'd want your thoughts on it. And I was like, oh, okay, you know, we'd like you to, to go on a, well, his character's going to go on a sponsored diet. <laughs> how how do you think you can do? And I said, well, I could give it a go, you know, not promising you anything. Yeah. So he's the only person who goes through a whole series and doesn't lose a pound. <laughs> but yet we see him, he's lost weight in the end. Um, and I just think there were some comedy, comedy moments in that series. But yeah, again, I just didn't, I think there's only one touching scene uh, where, again, Zamo and Roland are having a little chat about getting married. Yeah. And I think that's another poignant scene. I think that's the only thing that I remember about that series that was... And a a stupid conga. You know, why... (laughs) There
0: there is also...
1: Why would we end the series on a conga? (laughs) Come on.
0: There is also, though, there's there's a cracking scene in that series with Roland and Mr Griffiths where Roland is not really blackmailing them, but he is blackmailing
1: them about donkey. Turn that donkey into soap. Do you know what I mean? It's, uh, <laughs> again, I, just, I just hated the whole of the donkey storyline. Uh, I Don't get me wrong, I love donkeys. I just like the <laughs> storyline. Um, and the lovely George A. Cooper, uh, God rest his soul. But yeah, I mean, there's that little bit. But other than that, there's there's not much really going on for... Yeah. Roland and uh, you know what, well, I should have bailed out maybe a year earlier. To be honest, right. yeah. so, you know. Uh-huh. But, but, but then again, you know, then they, it was just, you know, it was, we had it was fun, and that was yeah. that's what strange Hill was to me. For some it up, it was just six years of fun. Yeah
0: was that was there anyone that you really enjoyed working with on the
1: program? Everybody, right you know, I could never say I had more fun with this one or that one or. I loved, no matter if I was working with Gwyneth or if I was working with Michael Sheard, if I was working with younger actors, younger members of the cast, you know, everyone was just, I just, just liked everybody, you know, yeah. they're all pricks. I love, in the time I loved them, do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, so, they're, we all belong to a club. Yeah. Um, We all belong to a club. We all went to the same school. We all have a connection. Definitely, yeah. And that's something that I will take to to the rest of my life until I forget. Yeah.
0: You just mentioned there a couple of the actors who played teachers. How did you find the relationship between the kids and the adults? You
1: know what? I can can honestly say, and I was very lucky because a lot of my first year of grainchild was probably with more adult actors than the, the young acts so you've got his child psychologist the lovely Penny who, who played my psychologist um, who was wonderful to, to, to me she was a writer and she took me down to uh, many a theatre show um, it nice. ignited my passion for theatre as a youngster and I was, did a lot of stuff with Gwyneth the lovely Lucinda uh, so a lot of my stuff if you look at the first two or three years i do a lot of stuff with adults uh-huh. yeah you know teachers and stuff um and they they were always always nice and always wonderful i never looked at them as oh you know they're they're big actors you know what i didn't even know michael Sheen was in empire strikes back right. do you know what i mean I never yeah. looked at, it never looked at michael that way it was just michael yeah you know it was only when i was given a copy of his autobiography and I read it. Like, really? where, where, where did i thought, really? Um, I could have had a fortune by now. So <laughs> some stuff. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I never looked at the teachers as anything but working people. They were just great. Brilliant. Brilliant.
0: Okay. So then that was your time at Crane Jail. Now IMDB says 74 episodes, which is probably about Right. But what I did notice on IMDb, the last two series, do not believe IMDb. About no, I know. I, know. I, I I take it with a pinch of salt, I, 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 and and I do I do make a special point of saying that you were oh, in you were in nearly every episode in the last two series. Oh, yeah,
1: oh, bad for your blood pressure. Right, <laughs> well, IMDb is bad for your blood pressure. <laughs> uh, um, but you were yeah, you were in nearly every episode in them last two series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I felt that as well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, Yeah, I mean there is I think the inclusion of the character because if it, the early stage was normally one episode with a younger lot, one next with well, the next yeah. lot, one that there was none of that inclusion and yeah. they sort of included all the characters, which happens in real school. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Definitely
0: yeah. you do
1: know, get you do get the older boys who may know somebody in the their lower years and then you'd see them walking in the corridor uh-huh. or giving them a slap. Ever.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then, so then that so that was your time on Grange Hill. Oh, but everyone left that year, didn't they? All your whole year group left that. Yeah, the whole yeah, year, so, which, which,
1: which which is which is really strange as an actor because suddenly you, you you're working with people for X amount of years and that's it. You don't see them anymore. Yeah, no yeah. And, and that's the truth. I didn't see no one because I lived right. I lived away from that whole Grange Hill. Uh-huh asked and everything and I had my own life and I had my own friends and I wasn't chasing the industry so right. I, I, I I come away from everybody um, and I think maybe I probably kept in touch we didn't have mobiles that you know yeah. we probably I'm sorry I'm the first mobile was 1988 but I'm saying we I think I caught up with Ricky 1989 1990 right I don't remember meeting up with Simone till much later. You know, I didn't really see many members of the cast. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. So then you just said there about you weren't chasing the industry. Well, what did you do? Honestly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> right, okay, fair did, enough. It didn't do
1: much, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, but then, um, but then you did, you did make an uh, appearance back on Sally in 1988, and I loved this in um black adder's
1: Christmas Carol playing one you know of the what? enormous orphans. So do I. Um because I was a <laughs> huge I was a huge fan of Blackadder. And I was and I remember I got a call, um I can't remember who it was. It was a lady and she said, hi Aircraft, I don't remember me. I used to be the production manager on Grange Hill. Right. She said um what if you'd like to come up to do to, to do an audition and I'm like okay what's it for Black Hatter. I was like oh great I'll come up for that. Because I was a fan of the show, so I come up and they said, I, said well, "I didn't know nothing." They said, "Oh, you're going to play an orphan, an enormous orphan." Yeah. Okay, great. Well, it just helped that I'm, you know, a big guy, so I did it with a lovely, great, late David Nunn. Um, God rest his soul. And you know what? I was very lucky. I, 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 it wasn't even an audition. I basically went up there, met met her, and she said, "Oh, by the way, you start you start rehearsing on Monday." <laughs> it was one of them ones. You start rehearsing on Monday. Okay, so we started rehearsing, and this is what we do. And, and I'm thinking to myself, I really haven't got much to do. Really, So how am I going to still this? So that's why the most famous piggy-wiggy-wiggy-woo yeah. comes out. <laughs> even though it was written, it, you can hear me go up up, up an octave. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think I squeezed my balls that hard that day. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and you know what, it was it was great, it was it was a wonderful and uh, you know what after all these years it still gets shown around the world. Yeah. Friends of mine was only over from the States the other week and we were discussing that. He said like he did know I was who I was back then.
0: Right.
1: And he does because it's this is one of his favourite British shows. So Yeah,
0: me and my mates we love it. And that scene is probably the scene we talk about most. Of all the piggy wiggy woo and definitely the scene we talk about
1: more, more than any. And I think it's just because of my the way I sing it. Yeah, it must be. Yeah, it stays in people's heads. It's just crazy. It's, um, what, what was what was it like? What was Rowan Atkinson like? You know what? It's it's one of those one of those things that like there were some there's great people. Yeah. There's great British institutional people who've been in that show. Um and he was just really lovely and charming. But obviously, because he's got a really bad speech impediment. Right. Um, He doesn't really communicate much out of character. Uh-huh. And Robbie Coltrane, I remember Robbie giving me a lift home in the car. <laughs> really weird. I was, I think I'd come outside and Robbie was, I was smoking at the time. He came out, I had a smoke with Robbie and uh, he said to me, where do you live? I said, oh, it's London. He said, oh, I live in Hackney. I'll give you a lift back. Brilliant. Oh, just drop me anywhere in Bethnal Green. I hackney'd be fine. Listen, he said, I'm he's got this convertible Cadillac, so I'm driving. <laughs> he said, I'll, I'll just drop you over here. I said, Well, that's fine. Do you know what I mean? Look, yeah, oh, really yeah, lift over these bloody because <laughs> you
0: know I mean? that that cast is it, it's pretty immense, isn't it? Like with it being a Black Adder show, anyway. Yeah. It, it,
1: right, Mir- Miriam Mowgli's, you know, Robbie Coltrane, it just goes on yeah. and on and on. Yeah,
0: and then and then there's Roland singing as Arthas
1: as well, Yeah, is, uh, amazing. And okay. then, you know, after the first pop star attempt, I probably had to take it up a second notch. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then we didn't see it again then until you were in with another one of
1: my comedy heroes, uh, Chef, with Lenny Henry. Yeah, really. Again, you know what? Really, really strange. I was, so I, as I said, I'd, I'd probably been working here and there, odd okay. jobs. I did work for my, my dad's friend in his business and just doing bits and pieces. Worked at a bakery, worked at a record shop. I did loads of stuff. I just worked. Didn't. didn't wasn't thinking of a career or anything at this time. As long as you've got money, I don't care. Yeah. You know, I don't, I'm not a snob. I'm not one of these people that, you know, I can't do that. I just do anything. Clean the toilet, got to earn a buck. Do you know what I mean? We've got bills to pay. Simple as we all. Yeah, have. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't understand people who, who don't want to do that kind of. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, um, at the time, I'm probably still in touch with maybe a couple of members. Nothing major. Um, I think. You know, I was very uh, I was in touch with uh, Santé, who played uh, Cheryl
2: uh-huh.
1: and she was getting engaged and she said listen are you coming to my engagement party I said yeah no worries I'll be there I'll be at your party because we, we were friends and she was getting engaged at the time and I'm at the engagement party and this woman said oh uh, hi can how are you I said yeah I'm fine um, didn't know her from Adam she introduced herself and she said oh great she said uh, what are you doing next Monday and I was like um Nothing. I've got nothing. Are you acting? No, I've got nothing on. I'm not doing anything. She went. uh, I need you to go and see this (laughs) director to be me. I was like, why? She went. um, There's a part we want you to go for um, if you want it. I was like, okay. Who's it with Lenny Henry? Okay. Growing up like yourself, watching Delbert Wilkins and shows Three of a Kind and whatever. Bloody Lenny Henry! Of course I'm going to go. Uh, when well, I turn up for the audition, when well, I when I think the audition, um, they said, "Oh, yeah, you're playing this character. You're playing this character called Otto." I'm like, "Yeah." Um, uh, so this contract, this is what you're going to do. This is how many episodes it is, and are you? And I'm like, and then comes in Amma and her. Be- <laughs> It turns out to be the producer of this show. So, yeah, so, that it, you know, that old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Yeah. Uh, so I worked on that show with the lovely Lenny and Roger Griffiths, and I, I knew Roger, and I knew Roger's partner at the time. We grew up very locally, um, and Roger's, Roger's always been a, a wonderful guy. And, yeah, it was just a great experience. We got taken to, and I'm in my, if my memory's totally wrong, we had to, I'm sure we went to Marco Peele White's restaurant, Right. Um, for a couple of days and we had we was learning watching and what was really good about that show was that it was shot on film and it was shot with three cameras right three or four cameras and that's unusual on film um so with these kind of shows yeah my my acting career is just basically these kind of things I'm just sort of in the right place at the right <laughs> yeah. time but not, remember, nothing wrong with that <laughs> nothing at all I remember, I, and I remember I remember a friend of mine was working on the bill. And he said, oh, why don't you come up and meet me after work? And I'm like, all right. So that's the guy up there. And I said, oh, bloody, i got talking. they said, oh, you've never been on the show. I was like, no. They went, uh, can you do a Russian accent? And I was like, no, no. The first time he went, oh, we need someone to do an extra, be a, be a supporting artist. Do you want to sit in the... I was like, what? what? I'll go and then. I'm here now. I might just go and do it. And I just sat in this scene, which people say, oh, you're in this scene. I didn't expect me to get like a, you know, a scene on it. And the next time I was went to see him, I ended up. Can you do a Russian accent? And I was like, I couldn't at the time. Oh, um, come tomorrow. Where we need, we need the actor we we was going to hire is pulled out. Do you want to do this scene for this play? This rush. So I played this Russian drug dealer. who says one line. The line got cut. But uh, I don't know why it got cut. Maybe my accent was crap. Probably was. Uh, So everything I've ever done is just by luck, by chance, honestly.
0: Oh, brilliant.
1: And I've never really, you know, it's not an industry that I've I've wanted to chase. There's not, you know, I've never really wanted to be an actor. It's just something I was very fortunate enough to do as a child. Very fortunate enough. I I remember, you know, I remember, this is really weird. Again, so the last thing that I I did was a show. um, So there's a show called, I can't remember the bloody show. And it's never been shown in the UK. It's it's mainly PBS, mainly Australian TV. So I remember doing one of these fifty hardest TV shows. Right, yeah. And then say ten years later, I get this guy contact me on Twitter. Hi, my name's Tom. Blah blah blah. Well, you okay? Nice, whatever. Can I call you? I was like yeah, fair enough. Um, can you come up and see us on Monday? We've got we've got this idea, this concept for something. Okay, so I go and meet, meet these guys, and I said, uh, "So we start filming next week. <laughs> There's no script; it's all improvisation. And the show's never been shown in the UK. It's um, is it the All Nighter? Is it the All Nighter? It's that what it was? Right. So no, I'll explain all that in a minute. All right, okay. Uh, so this is this is this is like the, a show that I did. that's been shown. So, so I have to play this guy. Basically, it's a very it's a my, Dr. Michael Mosley's psychological program. I play this guy who's out there random running this weird event, and during during it, I have to announce that I am, in fact, Eric for who played Roland in Rain Shield. <laughs> okay. it's, it's all about triggering memories in people, and it's about their cognitive fault behavior and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just really weird. So you know, as I, I'll be honest, my career and the jobs that I've got, it's just because I've known people. Yeah. You know, I've yeah. worked. I, I did. I, I did. Remember getting. So basically, I got asked by a dead... No, I remember one day, a friend of mine named me said, have you seen the paper today? And I won't mention the name because it's, it's <laughs> the paper that everybody hates in Liverpool. they's OK, right? fair enough, yeah. And I was like, they they did some magazine. And said, well, it's right. why? Denise Van Alten he's looking for you. I'm like, what? Well, why why can't they find me? Do you know what I mean? And if air comes out there, can he ring the big breakfast studio office, and I'm like, What the hell is this about? So I ring the big breakfast office. Hi, my name's Echo Mustafa. I believe Dennis Van Alten's looking for me. Can you come down to the keepers' lock keeper's cottage? And I'm like, I can't, not at this moment. Anyway, they said, We'll send the film crew. And they did remember doing this bit that you talked about the TV show for next week. Yeah. And then this Johnny Vaughn call me, Okay, hi, uh, Dennis told me that like, you're the perfect person for this. I'm writing this comedy can you come up and read the script? And i have come up and read the script. And I was just so glad that I never got the part. Nice, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But I must admit, my whole career is about people that I've bumped into or knew. Or, yeah. From then, I, you know, a friend of mine, I bumped into this woman, and then suddenly she booked me for something for, for Chris Evans uh, for a sketch on TFI Friday. Which I did the sketch on TFI Friday. Then from that I got asked to go back on something else for TNFI Friday. And then I did something else. And then the next thing I know, I'm in a pub with Johnny Vegas. <laughs> called the the, the the that was called the Lock-In. I remember doing this thing with Johnny, we're just getting stuck drunk with Johnny Vegas and lighting on fire and <laughs> Roger the Course. Just really random people ages. So my whole career is just basically because I knew somebody, somebody yeah. knew me. I love, and I love that thought. <laughs> it's just, you know, people, people are ringing. I mean, I got offered something um, a year ago, which I, unfortunately I've had to turn down. Um, but somebody I met ten years ago, and said, like, yeah. you know, he said I wrote, wrote this bit, and I want you to be in it. I'm like, it's, you know, I'm like, could this chance off Netflix, and I said, look, due to some health issues at the time, I just uh-huh. I couldn't film. It. I like, My whole life is just about. Luck really no. when it, acting jobs. Nothing wrong with that. Like you need that, don't you? So, as I said to you, like my my life is just full of luck. Basically, I have just been I've been very lucky, very blessed with the jobs that I've got. And even so, like the, the last thing I I get offered loads of stuff, right? Uh, and I turn a lot down because, as I said, I'm not really that fast and I'm not really that bothered. And I do things that. I enjoy and it makes me laugh and yeah. things like so. I offered a, so, a friend of mine is is a guy called Lee Philip um, who I've known, done stuff for Lee for for years really. Um, previous, I used to do mu one TV dot TV uh, with me interviewing uh-huh. people from the past, and then that was the whole concept of me one was basically just to get stories documented like podcasts, but uh, yeah. get the from people who people don't really talk about these days. Do you know what I mean? And we just wanted to do that. And he he came up with this concept, this idea called the All-Nighter. Um, and the All-Nighter is just three just people. Right. And it's just about them planning, well, two of them planning something big happening. And it's just the way that has been planned. And then we see the outcome. But it's quite... Right quite gripping and quite but I don't believe that it's ever going to be being released um, right. just because it was just myself a guy called Martin who used to who played Spider in Coronation Street oh yeah and the, again the late another late great um, actor and I can't think it, forget his name and that's going to really bug me that I forgot it the guy who played the dad in Bread I can't think of his name now and that's going to bug me and both <laughs> of us are going to end this, end this session and we're both going to be yeah. in away way. Um But you could probably do that while we're there. But um yeah, so it's just a free. It's just, just an outcome basically, and that's yeah. what the. Uh, so we think they're they're planning a big heist, but it turns out they're just going to have an all night of watching their favorite Lauren Hardy movies. Ah right, okay. Um, I'm just it,
0: looking now. Ronald Forfar, is that who it was? At,
1: at Ronald Jess, r- the late one, Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I so, said you know I I do things that make me. Smile and make me happy, and yeah. and and I think that's. I'm um, at a stage in my life where you know, if I don't act again, it's no big deal, and if I do act again, it's, it's I'm doing it because it's making me happy and it's making me, laugh. yeah. Uh, or if someone's contacted me from my past, and said, no, do-, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Be, like you're gonna do that one on Monday, okay? Well, yeah, if I've got the time off, I'll do it, you know, because
0: you seem to have really embraced. To, I was Roland in Grangehill.
1: It's not about embracing it. Yeah. It's the fact that without it, it's not the person who I am today.
0: Right, I get you, yeah,
1: yeah. Take take ownership for something, is, is uh-huh. what I'm, I'm a believer of. And I've been very lucky, and I've been very blessed. It's never that, i am never go out and say, I was Roland from Grangehill, you know. But if people ask, you have time, because without your viewers, without the fans a show does never exist. Yeah. And without someone buying your music, yeah. listening to your song, you haven't got money in your pocket. Yeah. So don't be an ob- obnoxious twat. <laughs> spend time with people. Sp- take time with people. Don't get me wrong, I probably have been an obnoxious twat over years. <laughs> spend time to talk about something that touched so many people's lives. And the moment that you're, you forget that, yeah. You to me, you, you know, it, it's just wrong. Um, and I was very, very lucky. Um, Two thousand people went for the part. I was very, very lucky. Met some amazing people. Have, have had some amazing times on it. Met so many amazing people throughout the world, be it in the industry, out the industry. Yeah. And you know, people have always said, "Why do you get involved in the Grange Show events?" it's quite simple really it's not about money because people say oh Grange your events is about money no it's not the people that run these events is not about money it, uh-huh. it's because they want to they want to give something back yeah and you know the lovely the lovely Michaels of this world the Scots of these worlds who have took time out of their lives to organize these events you know I, I, I organised one in 2009 for a charity event, but that was just a personal thing that I wanted to get the cast back together yeah. and, and hang out with the guys. Um, and you know what? We've I don't think we've ever had a cast reunion as big as that. Right. Ever, right. ever. And the fact that Michael, Mr. Baxter turned up, Michael Cronin turned up at the age of whatever he was at a nightclub in a, on a Thursday night in central London. Yeah. Come on. You I know, he did that. that. And you know he did that did that because he just this he said this just some certain people working that I just want to see yeah. you being one of them. It's like, Thank <laughs> you, Michael. Can I buy you a, a sherbet? And um, <laughs> so yeah, the, the grand show events are about the fans, and the fans are what well, keep the show alive on all social networks, socials, including yourself with a podcast. Uh-huh. Grange touch touched so many people's lives in, in whatever ways, whatever form they want. Yes. They, some people think, Oh God, give it a rest. It's been, you know, you've not been doing it for all these years, but you know what? And I, I remember a Grange member cast member and I won't name them. So I invited them to the Grange reunion in 2009 Yeah, and his reply was this get over it. Wow. It's 20 years ago. Who the hell do you think you are? Trying to do this. So, me being the person at the time, just went and what, and can you remind me what character you played? Because, you know, I'm inviting you, but you were just so damn rude. And like, who are you? Yeah. Um, because, and I understand there's certain people of the Grange who Cast who've gone on, listen, doing what they class as bigger and better things. You know what? Every one of us are doing something different from back yeah. then. All right. Yeah. You may be in ill health. You may be whatever. Whatever you're doing, it's bigger and better because it's 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 more time in your life. And yeah. stop being such a dick and a snob. And if people don't want to talk about grainchild, fine, I get it. Yeah. But don't believe it. do not believe and I will tell them, do not believe it's because you've gone on to bigger and better things. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's because your job career's just changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. An active job, job is quite simple. They do a job, but unfortunately, people have to watch it. Every day, people go to work. People do watch them. They're called managers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. that I
0: see things. Now, one of those events that you've, you know, you've been to, a lot of different events there. One of them was a televised one, um, Bring Back Rain Jill with Justin Lee Collins.
1: Um, well, again, I'll, I'll tell you a bit more about that. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, go for it. Originally, they could call you up and say, oh, there's, we're doing this thing about great show in Australia, blah, 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 blah. And uh, would you like to be part of the show? Can you meet at this place? So at the time, a friend of mine was running the club night called SchoolDisco.com in London. Right. Yeah, And he said, look, he, he rang me, because I'd done some stuff for him. And, Listen, He said, I've been approached by this Channel 4 program. who want to do a host of night... Down here with you guys of Grangehill, singing just say no. Do you know anything about it? And I'm like, no, I don't. I ain't got so Not been approached by it anyway. Then I, I I'm walking around this hotel trying to look for this meeting room, and out comes uh, Justin Lee Collins. Who they cut out, they cut out the bit the bit where I just abuse him. There's a great bit there. I just had to. And who are you? Are you are you a fourth member of the Bee Gees that we don't know about? <laughs> what, are you somebody that, you know, and I just really laid into him because I've got that sense of humour when the first time I met him. <laughs> so we did the whole of that re- reunited, grandchildren reunited stuff. Which And then suddenly Mark Savage is there, who played Gripper, which I still to this day, I have no idea why he's there. <laughs> How he got invited along, but you know, he was there and we had a good evening.
0: Brilliant. So, yeah, so I was just looking at a few things. You've been on Soccer AM three times, right? And the only yeah. reason the only reason I'm saying that is because that's only one more time than I've been on it.
1: <laughs> well, again, you know what? It's it's actually, what have I done for them? So I think I've done something with Lee and I. Right. Then I did a thing called, uh, a comedy thing called Splash.
0: Uh-huh. So
1: remember they did the whole dive? Oh, yeah, bit- yeah. So they did another one. No, it was called Flop. Right. <laughs> um, so they wanted me to do a flop of a diving board. And then, no, I've actually put on it four times because we've done right, that. Okay. It's not three times. It's four times. Then I did a world record attempt on there. And then I did get a record attempt on there. All right. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. And then... Um just people you nice.
0: yeah <laughs> and, and the last thing I've written down was 2018 was the 40th anniversary of Grange Hill and obviously there was a few different events but there was also you were on something for children in need
1: as well so you know that how that how that came about <laughs> go on who Can did you meet know, this time no 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 we go back. So there's a there's a lovely there's a lovely lady out there who's probably one of the she's the best in the industry of who what she does. Yes. All right, without a doubt. And her name is Sarah Matthews, and she's a celebrity so called celebrity booker. Yes. And she she's probably the best in the business. First met her working on when she works on uh, stuff for for Johnny Vegas and on the 18 stone of idiot show but prior no, prior to that i'd done some stuff for her for e4 so lee and i used to do some presenting on e4 uh music shows years ago so sarah 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 rings me she says uh, how would you like to do children of need at wembley arena went, i mean i said because i've never played wembley before i've been there i've never played wembley so she said just come up for the evening and I said, great, I said, I'll bring some friends along. And they said, yes, no worries. So I, t- I took my wife, um, my friend David, his, his, his wife, and my friend Lisa. So I get out, and we get taken in for the cab through the back of Wembley and get out and I said, oh, hi, my name's Eccleston, I'm here to do this. Oh, there's your pass. And then, <laughs> to this day, I still laugh. So... With, with I don't know what happened. We they went up and I said, oh, I need to get the pass for these three girls. And they went, I they like Badala because they were very young, they were very young staff working on the show. And it just turns out that it was my wife, my friend Lisa and my friend Helen. And you know what, to this day I was like, Really? I said, No offense, but you've got no talent, or you can't dance. So yeah, you probably could be Maharama. Rama. And uh <laughs> Yeah, it was just weird, just really, really weird. Um again just just luck uh um, yeah. to be on a show like that you know and it's a great cause because i remember doing it just say so you no know, back in the day 1986 87 was probably the first time i did children in need um so it's weird after all these years i was doing it yeah. again <laughs> yeah um but yeah again it was just somebody you know just rang us up would you do it yep no worries i'll do it brilliant because that's yeah. just do what you want just do what makes you happy yeah do you know what i mean definitely that's, I'm not a serious kind of guy as you could tell like, I <laughs> things, and I just think just, just do things that make you happy and that's what life's about
0: definitely so so what, what do you do now then
1: I work for the National Health alright okay, I work, okay. For, I, work for the NH, I work for the NHS um, I've been in the NHS for about 10 years and that's all I can really discuss about that like, oh, I don't, no, mix, no. don't okay. really mix, mix my private life with this kind of stuff
0: Cool, cool. That's all right. So then, you, you've mentioned a couple of people. Are you still in touch with anyone from Grangehill?
1: Um, I've always kept in touch with Ricky Simmons. We call each other probably once or twice a year. Uh-huh. Um, Lisa York, um, once or twice a year. As most people know, the late great Terry Soupat. Um, Terry and I, yeah, we're, were friends in years after Chill. We met quite a lot in twenty up until twenty twelve, and then he, him and his partner um, at the time, Lisa, who, you, who I've just mentioned, uh-huh. uh, who was a witness at my wedding, uh-huh. uh, we became really good friends, um, and then we lost Terry, And um, who's who's missed dearly? Um, yeah. I still speak to Paula and Bland probably once every two, three weeks, maybe four weeks. George Armstrong, who played Alan, we've been in touch since probably the Grangeville's 30th anniversary. Yes. Um, yeah. um, speak to Lee McDonald uh, probably once every six, seven weeks. Oh. Um, you know what? I've always got time for any of them to contact me. Right. And yes. not only did, as I just said to you, Grangeville is a club. So I never worked with the lovely Rachel Roberts, but I, you know, I'm very lucky that I, I reach out to Rachel via social media and Facebook and we, we are in contact every now and con just wish each other. Well, um, again, the, the young lady, Jessica who played uh, Fabienne, yeah. you know, through, via Facebook, we, we, we had the opportunity to meet up again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I am very blessed that we all went to this club and I'll talk to anybody who'd been in Grainchild because you know what, I may have not worked with you, but we have a connection somewhere. Yeah. You know, that's, the beauty of a show like that. And that's why, you know, I'm a champion of the show. And I think I'm a champion of the show because of the fans. Not because yeah. I was in it. It's because of the fans. And it's, and I will keep saying it, without the fans, the show does not get yeah. the cue off that it that it has. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Definitely. And, and I'll take this opportunity to thank each and every one of you. Um because you've, you all do it, you all do what you do marvellous and because of your love and passion of the show and I, I thank you all, basically. Brilliant, brilliant. Thank just don't, you. Ask for a, don't ask for a pound.
0: <laughs> okay, so we are coming close to the end of, of the interview now, Erkan. So I've just got a few, my final few questions. There's been talk of a Hill movie. You know, this this the story came out the start of the year. It was, you know, Phil Redmond's on board and, blah blah getting written and all that what's your
1: thoughts on that uh, to this day I still don't I know as much about you about it as you Great. Um is there a call for a uh, grain I do not believe that grain the TV show should happen because I uh-huh. don't think society think society is different and and I think the viewing there's no viewing I don't know, viewers, I suppose, apart from the older generation, will probably watch it. I just think the way TV and social media and the way people watch TV now, yeah. it, 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 we we can never have a show like great Shoe again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: As for a reunion show and a film, there's a, definitely a call for it because the fans want to see it. Um, if the script's right, and knowing Phil Redman, who's never ever done anything wrong in his life when he's picked up a pen, ever yeah. <laughs> yeah. I he's probably one of those kids that picked up a pen back in the day and he spelt his name without being told you know one of those <laughs> kids you know, when it comes to pen and paper Phil Redman has never done anything wrong and that amazing mind of his who's created so many characters over the years yeah, um, yeah good luck to, you know if the film comes apart and yeah, I think it's going to be a a great a great thing to, for the fans of the show, and maybe bringing a younger another lot of younger audience because there's it seems like the parents are bringing their young their children to watch yeah. the show. It's amazing that we're we're still watching another generation.
0: Yeah. So, if you were asked, would we see Roland Brown in the movie?
1: Again, I will definitely say yes because I know it will be a chance to work with somebody i've worked with in the past and that's going to be fun to be working with that again as i just said it's love and the funness of it and you know I, as i said i don't don't want to be an actor and you know i don't see myself as an actor but i do things because i enjoy it and you know and that i think yeah i enjoy it yeah who knows if it takes if it takes off then wonderful if it doesn't then I'm sure there's going to be somewhere along the line of reunion somewhere. Yeah. Okay.
0: So you said earlier on that you uh, you watched Grange Hill when you were going on. So other than Roland Browning, who is your favourite character
1: on Grange Hill? You know, because I listen to the show, I've obviously I know this question's coming. I, <laughs> I always notice the end of the show. And I, you know what? I'm still struggling. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'm very much still struggling. And I think out of all the characters that I've watched of the show or I've been privileged to work alongside Uh I would possibly say Danny Kendall right all right yeah just because John was an amazing actor Uh uh, he's just he's just he was like a little terrier yeah if he was a dog (laughs) he'd be a Yorkshire terrier cute annoying and people want to kick him um, <laughs> but I just, I just loved, and I love the fact that John's character went three or four years with just a red bag in his coat pocket, <laughs> but no one knew what the book he was reading or anything else. And that's yeah. that's the reason why. No, I just think I think his character was really, really, really good. I really liked Danny Kendall. Yeah, I, I, I've, I said to you, I've listened to your show and these podcasts, and I know these questions coming, and I still can't play, bloody make up my mind. So for today, Danny Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> ask me in six months time I'd probably want to be Miss Booth <laughs> okay.
0: would you like to have played Danny
1: Kendall then yeah I think yeah Danny Kendall yes because he's great he's a great character yeah. he's a really good and he's very and he's he's very it's um, he, very. He, he played it very subtle yeah he, he, he just, John Lamb just played it really really subtle and he's, he's going to be a character that's always going to be remembered yeah Definitely, and, yeah. And I just think because he played it so well. Yeah, definitely,
0: definitely. He gave, he gave zero, didn't he? Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not I'm not i am i am not one for swearing because my mum might listen on this. But he gave zero. Um, you know what I'm trying to say there, like um,
1: <laughs> I, 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 my mum will listen, so I think he will swear. And,
0: um, <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, then. So my final question, as it is every time, um, why do you think the affection for Granger is still there?
1: Mate, I've said it all along. Um, it just had a huge impact in so many people's lives, and again, we've all said it. Comes a time when social media and TV was at its, you know, only three channels. We had fifteen million. had fifteen million viewers, and it's just stood the length of time because it's it's a connection yeah. from majority of people's happy times as a child. And they've carried that through to later in life. And that's the reason why people watch, talk about Granger with such happiness yeah. and joy. And, you know, they embrace it. They embrace that show.
0: Yeah, definitely. And
1: again, thanks to all the listeners of the, uh, of, of this podcast who've, who, who love Granger and still keep it alive.
0: Thank you. And thank you so much for coming on, Erkan. It's been great talking to you. I've really looked forward to this one. And I don't think I've stopped smiling the entire time. We've had the Uh, chat.
1: For for the listeners that don't know out there, this guy's not had a bath in 24 hours. He's uh, he's run out of water. Not because he's from Liverpool, he's this first loop? And yeah, honestly, it's been a a privilege to be invited on. The only question I have, why didn't you ask me earlier?
0: (laughs) Um, Just you know it, on, mate. To use a very northern phrase, I'm absolutely made up that you've uh, that that you've come on like so. Thank Listen, you. Mate, so. It's
1: been it's it's been boss coming on.
0: Uh, <laughs> brilliant, brilliant, Yeah.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. No, it, right. it, it, it's been great talking
0: to you. And for anyone who's listening, I'll speak to you next time. Cheers. Thanks. Bye bye.